Hello, this is Michael Zuber, and I wanted to thank you for choosing to spend a little time with One Rental at a Time. My life's mission is to help investors close 1 million rental properties. In order to tackle this crazy goal, I will need your help. If you like this episode or any of the content we produce, please share it on social media. If you get one of my books or perhaps one of our 500 cards, please take a selfie and tag One Rental at a Time. Now on with the show. CPI prints this morning, both headline core, year on year and month on month. We got an article from Lance Lambert uh, referencing Pantheon Macroeconomics that basically says the housing crash or collapse or adjustment or whatever is going to restart. And we have some practitioners from one rental at a time talking about their experience with Airbnb. Folks, let's get into it. Today is Wednesday, July 12th. I hope you're having an amazing day. was a great morning to be up early waiting for the CPI print. So let's talk about what happened. So first, in order to get started, we are going to talk about the year-on-year numbers, which is what most people will see in the articles. We will talk about last month, expectations, my expectations, and then what actually happens. So folks, let's get into it. Last month, if you don't remember, headline was 4%. Core was 5.3. And again, pay attention to core. That is the one that has been proving sticky. As I have said many, many, many times, core will start looking meaningfully better in August. It is a mathematical fact. We just need to get there. And We are almost there. So that was last month. Expectations. The smart money was calling for a 3.1 headline number, and they were calling for a 5% core. As always, I like to throw my hat in the ring and hold myself accountable. So my expectations were 2.9, so below consensus, and 4.9, again, below consensus. So folks, what actually happened? Well, we got we got a 3.0 headline, so slightly above my expectation, but below the experts. And more importantly, and more importantly, core came in at 4.8, even below my expectation. So I don't know what you want to call that. Is it a swing in the miss? Is it nailed it? You be the judge. All I know is the inflation reading from this morning was good, good, good. That's what the reading was. And again, don't forget, core gets better in August. Why do I say that? Well, would you be surprised? And if you watch this channel, I hope you're not surprised. But 70 Seven zero, seventy percent of inflation, these numbers, was because of shelter. We can bitch, we can moan, we can complain about the idiocy of the shelter calculation. It is what it is, and it is why I can say with pretty good confidence, shelter gets better in August. So again, of these numbers, 70% of the inflation is shelter, and shelter gets better in August. So, 
Good reading, last inflation reading before the Fed meeting. What happened to expectations? Near as I can tell, the expectations for a July rate hike have not changed. Still 92%. More on that in a minute. What has changed is the 50-50 call for a September rate hike seems to have fallen off the table. So at this moment, we seem to be debating July hike or not. Again, the smart money, the majority are saying they're going to go. So I want to be very clear about my opinion if the Fed goes in July. And I want this to be clear because, as you know, I will hold myself accountable and we will see what happens. One, I believe a July rate hike is a mistake. I believe we are at the right terminal rate. We are restrictive. And by this measure, folks, we are restrictive by 200 basis points. We haven't been 200 basis points restrictive in a long, long, long time. So if they go in July, it will be a mistake. And it will cause them to cut rates much, much sooner. My belief right now is if they just stayed at 5%, they could hold this rate for 12 to quite possibly 18 months. I believe the economy is absorbing 5%. Now, we still have pain. There are still bankrupt companies that need to go bankrupt because they can't refi debt. We still have investors and limited partners who are going to lose their ass. This stuff is already done. It just hasn't shown up yet. If the Fed goes higher, they are going to cause something to break. Is it regional banks again? Is it Europe? Yeah, I, don't, I don't know what it will be, but if they push that one little bit, it will be the proverbial straw that broke the camel's back. And my prediction is they will cut within nine months. So pause, let the system play out, let the investors lose their money that should, and we could get going. If they push, they go for that one more increment, pain. It's that simple. So that's what I think, that's what's going on today. It'll be very interesting. We have more Fed speakers this week. I wonder if their tone will change because folks, inflation is falling. Now, as I've told you for a year, we have the easy stuff, we have shelter, which gets better next month, and then the sticky stuff, AKA services. We could be stuck in the high twos, low threes for quite a while. So that's where we are with that. So again, lots of good stuff. So yesterday, if you're on my channel, you know that one thing that makes one rental at a time different is I interview eight, nine, 10 different millionaires every week and I find out what they are doing. Yesterday, I had the pleasure of interviewing Beth Traverso, a top 1% agent from Seattle, King County, and Omar Alfaro from the high desert. Both of these individuals have Airbnbs. In fairness, Omar had several, but he's down to one, and Beth has always had one. So these are not Airbnb practitioners. They don't have large portfolios. But I asked them, what is going on with your Airbnb? Both of them had a similar story, both of, but they are reacting to the story differently. What is the story? 
for 2020 and 2021, both were printing money. Printing money. Printing money. Both have seen bookings fall and competition rise. Now, what are they doing about it? As you heard or will hear, I think Beth's video posts today, Beth decided to go to her Airbnb and invest some money. She added more games. She cleaned up the garage. She, she, she invested and she is already seeing a return. Omar is like, you know what? I think it's in Bear, Bear Mountain, Bear wherever, some mountain town near him. He is likely going to take his property off Airbnb, get it listed with a long-term tenant, wait for other Airbnb owners to exit the market, and then flip it back Airbnb. This is about surviving to 2025. In Omar's case, again, he's got one unit. It's not his focus, but it is his reality. He has had one booking in four months. Now, could it be better if he focused? Could it do this? Absolutely. But in reality, that is his experience. So he is going to likely exit and he's going to move them long term. And long term. And I will have you uh, remember, Omar, two months ago, took three Airbnbs off Lake Havasu and turned those into long-term rentals. Lake Havasu and some of these mountain or vacation towns, people were printing money, competition went up, profit went down. Now, at least in Omar's case, he is going to wait it out with long-term tenants and then go back to short-term rentals when the competition goes down. So again, lots of stuff going on. Airbnb pain does not mean housing crash. It means the owner has choices. Do they invest? Do they flip long-term, mid-term? There's lots of choices. Somebody showing you an Airbnb chart saying it's going to crash is not reality. So again, two different experiences. Now that we've got the CPI print, we focus on bank earnings. Bank earnings start Friday. Uh, these are the things that I will be looking at. Uh, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to look and see are the big banks, the big six, have they increased their loan loss reserves? Are they getting ready for something? Two, I want to know their deposit balances, cash. I have a sneaky suspicion. I'm going to say it right here, right now. I think three of the big six don't have as much cash as we think they do. Why is that? Because I think more and more people are taking money out of banks moving it to treasuries, moving it to money market accounts, and we are going to see the liquidity or cash balances at some of the big banks be a disappointment. And this is why, again, I think if the Fed pushes in July, they could very easily break banking. If you have cash flee banks and go to money markets, that is a problem. And I think that could be the black swan that the Fed causes if they push one more time. The other thing I'm going to look at is, are the big banks lending? I think it is very clear that the regional banks are not. But are the big banks? We're going to find out at least starting on Friday, followed on by next week. So let's talk about, oh, let's do this one first. I want you to know that I am proud of you. 
What do I mean by that? I have gotten plenty of notes over the last week or so from one rental at a time fan saying, Michael, I hear you. I am doing the work. You're telling me about writing great offers. A couple of you have got them accepted. Congratulations. But many, and I would argue most of you, have not had that happen yet. You're, you're still having bidding wars. What I want you to hear from me is I am proud of you for just writing the offer. Having the confidence to know your market in your buy box to write a great offer is what I teach, what I talk about, and what I most want to celebrate. Second, if you are not yet getting an accepted offer, I want to remind you to follow up. Most of the deals that I have done in my career were because of follow up. I am cheap. I've told you what I've done to buy properties over the last several years. I am almost never the highest bidder, but I am the most persistent bidder. So just because you wrote an offer does not mean it's dead. It is not dead until the other buyer closes. So please hear me. If you have written an offer and you didn't get it because somebody overpaid, put a reminder in your calendar at two weeks. Follow up. And then I would, this is me, I would follow up every week thereafter until it closes. Trust me, if you are following up at the end of two weeks, it is a very good chance that the selling broker will say, nope, no problems. But what you're doing at the two-week mark is planting a flag that you are interested. And then you follow up at three weeks. At that point, you might hear it's a done deal, it's closing. Or two, you know what? Little shaky. And then follow up at week four. You might hear it's closed, great, cross it off the list. Or, you know what? Let's write up a backup. So again, I am proud of you. If you are doing the work, congratulate yourself, celebrate. It is hard out there. I would argue it's ridiculously hard out there but it is worth it. But again, don't forget my experience. Writing the offer is step one. Follow-up is step two. If you don't know what I'm talking about, folks, stop being cheap. Buy the course, How to Get Started One Rental at a Time today for $3.99. I will give you 100 bucks in goodies. Or if you really want to step up, buy the mentoring option at $7.99 and I will give you 450 bucks in goodies. If you buy the mentoring option, you will get every course I have, which is 450 bucks in value. If you buy the 399, you can pick two courses, the mastermind, the buy box, uh, leveraging debt equity, the legends of real estate, whatever you want, buy it today. Folks, this is changing lives. You are doing the work, you're finding great deals. You don't care about 8% cost of capital. We are doing big things at this channel. So I'm proud of you. Please hear me. Don't get discouraged. It is always hard to get a great deal. Always hard. And then lastly, shout out Lance Lambert. Boy, aren't we lucky at this channel? We have a writer for Fortune Magazine, 
a great Twitter follow, follow at News Lambert that comes on almost every Thursday to talk housing, housing, housing. He put out an article today with uh, referencing Pantheon Macroeconomics. And let's just say it is a bare article. Lance shares information. Lance does a great job of sharing data. He doesn't have opinions. Well, I'm sure he does, but he doesn't share opinions. He's a wonderful writer. Pantheon Economics is basically like, hey guys, housing is gonna crash. We are seeing a head fake. Now, if you know my story, I don't see that. I think we are in a transaction depression, if not recession. Pantheon Economics is saying that this uptick for the spring is a head fake. The uh, economist that was uh, referenced was, oh, hope I get this right, Kieran Clancy. No disrespect if I got that wrong. She thinks that transactions are going lower. That is an interesting, that is, that is a great, that is debatable. I love that, right? The low watermark for in transactions so far is 4.02 million. But where I disagree with Kieran is she thinks lower transactions is gonna equal lower prices. Haven't we figured out that that's not how it works? I would argue, if we had 6 million transactions, we would absolutely have a price crash because we would have cascading pain. If we go from 4.2 to 4 to 3.8 to 3.6 million transactions, I don't know how the median home price crashes. Now, this is where it gets interesting because again, we are both talking median national home price. Draw a line in the sand, below the median, above. I agree that we are about to see some motivated sellers above the median. Shoot, I just bought a brand new home well above the median and got a 10% discount, 4.99 30-year money, and 10 grand in closing costs. So trust me, the luxury market is dead. But if luxury picks up transactions, it's still above the median and will still pull, pull it higher. What are we seeing below the median? Bidding wars, offer review dates, over asking, waiving inspections. So I don't know that that framework, if we get lower transactions, I don't know how it pulls prices down. But again, I love bold calls. I wanna congratulate uh, Kieran Clancy for having a bold call. Uh, I will certainly be paying attention and if she's right, uh, I will give her credit. Uh, like we always do. But yeah, do yourself a favor. Uh, follow Lance on uh, Twitter. I think he's also on Threads now uh, to see this article that was in Fortune. So again, folks, remember, how to get started one rental at a time is life-changing. It's 400 bucks or 800 bucks today. Prices are going up. You do get free goodies today. But don't forget the free Facebook group. If you join the free Facebook group, you're going to get around thousands of other people doing the work. Trust me. These people in that group are the kind of people you want to associate with. They are doing the work. They're doing the struggle. They're making offers. They're getting wins. They're asking questions.
You should join that group just to get a new set of friends that are like-minded. Most of us don't have like-minded friends. So hopefully you take me up on this while the price is cheap at $3.99 or $7.99. You get $100 bucks or $4.50 in free goodies. There'll be links below. And don't forget on Sunday, you're going to get the opportunity to uh, sit in a stock uh, education class with Dan Bird. We now are already having the largest one rental at a time event ever. Uh, the last one was the buy box, which we capped at 100. We are now over 100 registered folks, so I will see you all Sunday. And one last thing, Paul, congratulations for getting your golden ticket. If I remember the story right, Paul, this, is, this golden ticket is for an ADU. Folks, I am an easy grader. If you're building an ADU, let me send you a card. You buy a rental, send you a card. You buy a new home, send you a card. If I helped in any way, I want to give you a shout out and congratulate you. So Paul, congratulations. Your golden ticket will go out in the mail. Take care, everyone. Bye-bye.